today, I know it can be anybody because I thought I would I was the last person in the world. And I can spot it a mile away now when people don't call you back and don't want to meet. And uh, we got to pay more attention because it's happening all around us. That is Lee Cockrell, former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World. For over 40 years, Lee has led with positivity, care, and of course, magic. Now he's going to share his personal struggles with anxiety and depression and how he overcame them. You got to take care of yourself. And I do. I get enough sleep. I don't drink alcohol anymore even though I would like to, <laughs> I overcame that uh, issue. Lee will explain how he created work-life balance, resisted burnout, and made self-care a priority, even as an executive at the happiest place on earth. Why do you take care of yourself? I thought about that. I said, you know, it's not for me. When I'm dead, I'm going to feel fine. <laughs> it's My grandkids are going to be, well, I want to be there for them. And by the end of this episode, you'll understand why you should make your mental health a priority how to create time for self-care, even in leadership roles, and Lee's tactics for overcoming anxiety and depression. So if you're ready to beat the mental health struggles you're dealing with like Lee did, stick around for this conversation. But first, this is the FitMass where together, we learn to develop habits that help us live beyond our mental health struggles to create happier, healthier lives. He's Zach, he lives in the future with his anxiety. He's Jeremy, and he lives in the past with his depression. And we get together once a week in the present to share the obstacles we face and how we overcome them. All right, so this is a men's mental health podcast. When Zach first approached me a long time ago about inviting Lee Cockrell on the show, I thought, well, business, leadership, I mean, this, this guy's done it all. He's been to the mountaintop. He was in charge of Disney World. What does he know about mental health struggles? Why, why would we talk to him? And as I dug a little bit deeper and got to know more about his story, I was surprised to find out the guy that ran the Magic Kingdom struggles as much as you and I do, and, and maybe even more, with depression and anxiety. And when he discovered that, he was as surprised as anybody because he didn't realize how widespread these mental health issues were. But he wisely followed the advice of the experts around him, implemented lifestyle changes, and was able to reverse the effects of the anxiety and depression that completely shut his life down for as much as a year and brought all kinds of other problems into his life. So when I discovered that someone who has achieved the kind of success that he has and lived the kind of life he has also struggles with the same things I do and has found a way to live with them and manage them and for the most part beat them, I had to find out more. Not to mention, and maybe you don't know this about us, but Zach and I are big Disney fans. For Zach, it's probably something he should be medicated for. So he was much more familiar with our guest's work than I was, and maybe more than you are. So we started by asking him to tell us about who he is and how he found himself in charge of the Magic Kingdom. Hi, I'm Lee Cockrell. I'm uh, the former executive vice president of operations for Walt Disney World, and I live in Orlando, Florida. I have one wife for 55 years and uh, one son, three grandkids kids and they all like me a lot because I have Venmo. So uh, <laughs> they keep in touch. So through through like, a Venmo exclusively? <laughs> you want your family to keep in touch? Get Venmo. That's a, that's, that's, I'm going to use the, that. That's the I mean, best ad for Venmo I've ever heard in my life. That's incredible. It is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, was in the hotel business forever. Started in 1965 with the Washington Hilton after I got out of the army. And as a waiter, and uh, I tried to be the best little waiter they ever had. I'd never been in a hotel before. And when I did that, all of a sudden they promoted me. So that just shows that if you got a good attitude and you're reliable, you can 
you don't need to know much. You just get ahead. And uh, <laughs> I did that, worked for Hilton eight years, and I and worked for Marriott for 17 years. And then I got recruited by Disney in 1990 to go to France and open the uh, restaurants and food facility. Mm. And I came back to Orlando in 93 and I was put in charge of all the operations there. So from, uh, yeah, I kept them fooled for 42 years. <laughs> that's, okay. I, that's an interesting way to phrase that because, you know, here I am talking to somebody who ran one of the most amazing places I've ever been to in my life. And I love it so much. And you mentioned the idea of being, having them fooled. Did you deal with imposter syndrome through all of that? Is that something you struggled with? No, I made sure everybody knew I didn't know what I was doing. And, <laughs> uh, and literally, I said, you know, my job was not to do anything. It was to get things done. So I hired great people that were really amazing engineers and retail and food people and security and uh, transportation. And uh, if you take your time, hire the right people and let them alone. And they just be available when they need you. You have to do that at Disney because it's so complex. And so we don't even know how it works. It, it just works. <laughs> And it has to be through uh, people trusting you. You don't get anything done if people don't want to work with you. And uh, that's how we did it. Well, and, and I think you were kind of half joking, but the, the fact that you said, no, I just told them I, I had no idea what I was doing. Do you think that for other people that do struggle with imposter syndrome, if they just put it out there like, hey, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, guys. Let's rally together and make this happen. Is that maybe the antidote to imposter syndrome? Well, I think the way I thought about it was... Uh, I say to people, here's how we work and here's how you work with me. I'm not an expert in this area. I'm hiring you. You're got a master's degree, a PhD in engineering and all. Uh, I'm here to help you with any, uh, you know, bureaucracy or HR issues and hiring more and all that stuff. But otherwise, I uh, don't ask me. I don't know anything about engineering. And I don't know anything about security or getting 300 buses to pick people up every day. I don't know how they do that, but I had somebody who did know. And I think that's the key. I think, too, if you want to make people think you're the expert, you're going to fail because everybody already knows you're not. <laughs> I mean, you might as well tell people you don't know what you're doing because they know. All right. So imposter syndrome doesn't seem to be on the top of your list of mental health problems, but you have struggled with anxiety and depression over the years. I went through anxiety and depression back in 08 with my wife because she was sick and almost died and I had to take care of her for two years. I, I understand it clearly. And I went through it one more time with another family situation. And I would tell you that uh, today I know it can be anybody because I thought I would, I was the last person in the world and I can spot it a mile away now when people don't call you back and don't want to meet. And uh, we got to pay more attention because it's happening all around us. I would say anxiety is at an all time high level in the world right now. People are really worried about a lot of things and probably have a right to be. So what are some of the ways you manage your anxiety? You got to take care of yourself. And I do. I get enough sleep. I don't drink alcohol anymore, even though I would like to. <laughs> I <finally laughs> overcame that uh, issue. I quit seven times, but I uh, did. And uh, I watched my diet and uh, I the sleep is the key in my mind. If you're not getting sleep, it goes downhill very quick. It's just uh, everything's magnified. So uh, sleep, man, I'm into sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I keep the room at 67 degrees dark. I don't eat three hours before I go to bed. I don't eat a piece of cheesecake for <laughs> thinking I'll feel better. No, yeah. you won't. Uh, <laughs> so all the research is out there and the help is out there, but 
and people have access to it. I'm not sure they pay attention to it because the implementation in life is hard. Knowing is easy. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. So one of the lines that you have in your book and it's on your website, and I absolutely fell in love with it, is it's not magic that makes it work. It's the way we work that makes it magic. And I know you were speaking about things at Disney in some sense, but you know, I read that and I think about mental health issues and anxiety and depression. And I feel like it applies just as much there too, doesn't it? I think it does because, you know, if I wake up in the morning, I feel good. You know, the number one reason apparently for overeating is not feeling well and uh, putting things off. Because when you don't feel well, you don't do hard things. You know, you just kind of justify, well, maybe later, tomorrow, or I'll just lie down on the couch for a while, or I'll have some piece of cheesecake to feel better. And then in the evening, I'll have a couple of glass of wine to calm down. And then you don't sleep, it keeps rolling through because uh, you know how you how much you get done when you wake up in the morning, you feel great. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. And uh, I would say today, since I really got focused on those things, my energy level is high. I feel great. I'm going to be 80 next year. And uh, I'm in better shape than most of these 30-year-olds I uh, see at the coffee shop in the morning. And I think it's because we don't understand that these things all add up. It took me a long time to learn it. But uh, because in my early career, I just wanted to be successful and make money. And it was about me and get a company car. And, (laughs) you know, and I was stressed out all the time. I needed a shot of vodka when I got home. And that started, the vodka turned into an argument and then no sleep. And then, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a cycle. So uh, the solutions are there. They're not that hard. It just takes discipline and realizing how much better it'll be. That's the problem. You know, your brain lies to you. It says, you need a cookie. No, you don't. (laughs) You need some cheesecake. No, you don't. And don't believe your brain. It's a big liar. I I think you've got a craving for cheesecake right now. This is a, this is a craving. My my wife has it everywhere. And I don't, I keep watermelon and cantaloupe chunks in my fridge and little yogurt. And if I just get a little sweet something, it goes up to my brain and says, okay, you're okay. Exactly. The brain doesn't know if that's a piece of watermelon or cookie. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're right. You're right. So I fool it. Yeah. And that's where mental health, you've got to really think deeply if what you believe and what you think is really true. And uh, you got to feel good to do that. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was uh, I've been listening to your podcast, uh, Creating Disney Magic. Uh, you and Jody do an, an amazing job with the show. And I was listening to, there were a couple of episodes that were published recently. One, I believe, was newer. One was uh, a replay from a few years ago where you talked about your struggles with anxiety and depression. And I'm just curious. I mean, I, from what I heard in that episode, you guys got a ton of feedback from people that you know just appreciated you opening up in that way. How important do you think it is for somebody who is struggling with either of these things and, and feels the way you did? Like, I'm the only one. Nobody else deals with this. this. This isn't common. Most people aren't dealing with this. How important is it for them to open up to other people and to share that struggle to find solutions to what they're going through? Yeah, a lot of that's the reason they're in it. It's because they keep everything in and they go around. People think life is perfect and their life is perfect. And we know that's not true. And uh, I just feel better when I just lay it out there. I don't have to keep it to myself. When I was going through it, I told people, they said, come and have coffee. I said, I don't want to have coffee. I don't want to see you. I don't want to do anything. I'm going, I'm crazy right now. I'm working this out. I quit everything I was doing for a year. I canceled all my speeches, all my work. 
And all I did was I went to a psychologist on Mondays. I saw a psychiatrist every two weeks. I went to acupuncture on Wednesdays. I exercised every day at four o'clock, even though I didn't want to, because that makes you <laughs> feel better. Even my psychologist told me at four o'clock every day after you exercise, Lee, just sit and worry about everything you want to worry about. Worry about the finances, the stock market. And then when you wake up at three in the morning, you will have already worked through those things, that they're not true, that your brain is just giving you a bunch of crap. And so you've got to really, it's your full-time job is to get yeah. over it. Because if you don't fight it, I guarantee you, it gets worse. I would say you got to, just like the doctor, you got to let them know you got this problem and you need help. We're seeing more people do that. Even the military is getting better at it. And by the way, it's your kids, it's teenage girls, it's grade school kids. It's in every part. Your parents may be going through it, your grandparents as they get older. I'm telling you, it's, uh, it's real. Yeah, It's widespread, and often you won't see it. When I ask people, how you doing? They say, great. I say, that's the biggest lie in America. <laughs> no. People are not doing great. That is the darkest place you will live is when you're suffering from anxiety and depression. Fortunately, I'm in a position of leadership where I work, and I... I am vulnerable with, you know, with my people. I'm vulnerable with, with, with my staff. I'm like, Hey, you know, I do suffer from anxiety. I have depression. That vulnerability has led them to, you know, some of my one-on-ones with my direct reports turn into some counseling sessions, not work related in any way, shape or form, but that's not the way things work. Like when you were at Disney world in the business world, or maybe I'm wrong. Like how important is vulnerability to a leader? Talk to me a little bit about how you see a leader should be vulnerable to his people or even the people around you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think when I was at Disney, I I didn't happen when I was at Disney. It was after I retired, but uh, I probably would have covered it up. I Mm -hmm. mean, I think that's corn and natural and normal. And I think a bunch of, if you, if we knew how many people in the workplace are uh, using drugs and uh, all kinds of painkillers and marijuana and uh, on the job and, because people are, are are doing something to feel better, uh, mm-hmm. drinking, because it's covered up. I hopefully it, it'll be easier for people to speak up about it today. After I went through it, I would be able to do that, but you don't because of insecurity. It's a tough decision whether you're teaching people or you, you're afraid of being uh, judged. That well, maybe he's not the guy in the job. He's having a lot of problems and and. But uh, yeah, it's. I'd say that you're right. Although women are much better at this, women go for help. Men don't. Yeah. You know, as I said, women will go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist very quickly, and a man will drink more and argue more and sleep more and abuse and divorce, uh, yeah. all kinds of things. So, you know, the men are the always the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, many times it's because we're we think we're a big deal, yeah. and we're superhuman, we're Superman, and we can do anything. But it's going to change because everybody's realizing that it's so widespread now. All right, so Lee, what if we, you know you've tried all of the things you've mentioned? You're sleeping better, you're getting your exercise in, you're working on your diet. What if all that just isn't moving the needle? What else can you do? The one thing that helps a lot is when you got somebody that understands it and supports you, and uh, kind of. You know how you get a hug. <laughs> That's what I always said. Sometimes you need a hug and 
luckily I had my wife supporting me, or I'd probably gone over the dip and I mean, and I'm mm. telling you, you sit when you go through it, you think about can I how long can I live like this? I mean, it's that dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, and then you go to Dr. Google and find out it it's even worse when it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But yeah. to go for professional help, I would say, because, you know, I read 70, 80 percent of anxiety and depression can be uh, improved with uh, medication and uh, talk therapy. I remember my psychiatrist saying, Lee, you will get better. He said, time will take care of this. I loved to hear that. I felt really good when I walked out the door. You will get better. So the other thing I wanted to ask is just about sort of what you alluded to in the beginning is that you spent so much of your uh, early life in the grind, in the hustle, want the company car, want the promotion, want the job. And it seemed to lead to this breaking point for you. So if there's somebody who is 20 year old Lee out there, that's grinding, hustling, wants the company car, wants the promotion, wants all the things. Is there a balance to it? What advice would you give 20 year old Lee to avoid the the pain yeah. that you found? I, I will say the key to help a lot of my life was taking this time management course back 40 years ago and learning how to uh, really think every day. Are you do, spending time against the things that really are matter? Are you spending enough time with your son? Are you getting home enough for dinner every week? Do you tell your wife how much you love her or appreciate her? Or do you exercise on purpose? Not by, not when you feel like it, because that's never. And uh, do you schedule it? And getting more clarity around you got time and you got these things. Now, do they match up? And that's what helped me because I wasn't thoughtful at all. It was about me and about me getting promoted and about my success. And, and I didn't have a good balance on making sure I was doing things on purpose. I would say, you know, calling my mother every Sunday. I started after that every Sunday. And I called my grandmother right after that. And I remember the guy teaching time management. He said, Lee, this is not for your mother. This is for you. You're going to have regrets one day when she just dies and you hadn't talked to her in three months, three years. You know, they've proven that people who have dinner together with their kids just a couple times a week, those kids get in less trouble. They do better in school. You don't realize the power you have on others as well as yourself. And if you take care of yourself and the thing again, why do you take care of yourself? I thought about that. I said, you know not for me. When I'm dead, I'm going to feel fine. <laughs> it's my grandkids are going to, be, I want to be there for them. I want to go to their wedding. I want to, other people are going to suffer. As my wife said, Lee, take care of yourself so you can take care of us. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to hit that Venmo button, right? Well, we need you around <laughs> and then take care of your business. And then if you have any time left over, then you can go do some stupid stuff, but take care of yourself, your family and your business. And then you can go help Kim Kardashian or Taylor Swift or whatever you want to do. Your book time management magic has changed my life. Like I, I have a day planner upstairs. I Uh-oh. use it every day. Like, well, no, I map everything out. Like I, I prioritize things, but I want to hear from you. And you said it earlier that when you look at the list of all the things that you have to do, take care of yourself, your family, your job, your, all of those things, how do you prioritize that stuff? I mean, we all have 24 hours in the yeah. in the day how do you go about that yourself you know the things that i want to get done are things that are on my mind you know things that are i keep thinking about and could kick myself for could be calling up somebody and telling them sorry about that because it's on your mind and you got to pick those things that'll make you feel better 
and I schedule it. My wife and I have a trainer. We work out on Mondays and uh, Thursdays with strength and agility and balance because we don't want to fall and break a hip. That's pretty much the beginning of the end (laughs) when you do that. So we do that. We schedule our physicals. We schedule our doctor appointments. I get my teeth cleaned twice a year like they recommend because I listen to experts. (laughs) I floss every night because they told me to. Right. There's certain things you just work into your life. Some people buy a treadmill after their bypass surgery or a fire extinguisher after the house burns down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to anticipate what can go wrong if I don't do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think every day also to sit and think about what did I not do so well yesterday? I could have done better. Just going, you know, why did I say that to my wife? Why didn't I follow up with that lady? Like I said, I would do. Why didn't I return that call? But so, you know, they call it uh, uh, reflection, reflecting on yesterday. Could you have been better? We know we could have. You know? Yesterday for a better tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, you've got to think. That's what this thing's for. <laughs> You're supposed to use. That's what that's for? God, I've been doing this wrong a long time. I just thought it was telling me what to go eat when I, did, right, when I yeah. wasn't actually hungry. Which, mm-hmm. which cookie or cheesecake should I eat next? That's, I thought that's all I, I did. guarantee you, most of the day, <laughs> it's misleading you. Yeah. yeah. Lee, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for doing this with us. Can we help promote anything? You want to mention the podcast, the books? What, what do you got going on that we can uh, drive people to to find out more about you? Yeah, just send them to my uh, website, leecockerell.com. Everything's there. If they want to listen to the podcast, there's 500 episodes. I have a, a new newsletter goes out every month. And then we have a Cockerell Academy. And that's, a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. The books are there, but it's good stuff. Not only my stuff, your stuff. The stuff is available. So people who are not getting themselves smarter and more prepared and improving their life, it's your own fault. Because if there's something you don't know, it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, don't blame me. You don't know. Look it up. <laughs> That's it. And uh, what you guys are doing is the right subject. It's really oh, thank you. important. It's really important. Thank and, you. Uh, that, that means a lot. I do, actually. Yeah. I did. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll give you one little piece of information about me. My problem for like dealing with my emotions and my depression and anxiety, it's not alcohol. It's not generally food. I literally go to Disney World a lot. It's true. He's got a problem. I do. I've heard that before that, you know, some of the people that were after 9-11, I have a friend that worked on the recovery up there, you know, sorting through it all. And he had so many emotional problems after that, that he actually came to Disney once for a month and worked part time. He oh, said wow. that was what he needed, that environment of where. Yeah. And soldiers on leave do too, their families. They come to Disney. It's amazing. Before they get sent off to Afghanistan or wherever they're going, they came to Disney as a family. It was just kind of this thing that they could think about, a positive thing to think about, Yeah, which I always found amazing that uh, it's that kind of place. It really is. There's there's nothing like it. When when you are there, you are literally. I mean, I mean, not literally on another planet, but it is it is a whole different life experience when you walk through that gate. Yeah, and you just easily give us your credit card. <laughs> a little too uh, easily sometimes, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think I have mental illness when the bill comes, but uh, <laughs> other than that, you'll be fine. But good to talk to you guys. Thank Take you care. so much, Lee. This All has right. been great. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Lee. And our thanks to Lee Cockrell. You can get his podcast, newsletter, and all of the things that he has to offer at leecockrell.com and in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. And I guess, you know, the main takeaway there, and I think he articulated it well, is 
the idea that self-care isn't just about self-care. It's not just about taking care of you. It's about taking care of you so you can better take care of those around you, your family, your colleagues, the people that depend on you. We talk about this a lot, but you know, if, if you're trying to pour from an empty cup, you're just going to end up exhausted, empty, and burnt out. So take the time, start slow, one thing at a time, find ways to take better care of you so that you can be there for your loved ones. But that is going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We do have a newsletter if you'd like to subscribe and learn more about these kinds of tactics, things you can do to manage your mental health. We offer those in our newsletter that comes out twice a week. You can get that at thefitmess.com. And that's where we'll be back with a brand new episode in just a few days. Thank you so much for listening. We know this podcast is amazing. It doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.